right? This one's going to be a long one. I'll be talking about reasons and logic why you, as a young person, should be a English teacher in Thailand. I'll try to keep it as succinct as possible. I'll try to do this topic justice, as I think it's a very important topic. And if you're an older person watching this, I want you to leave a comment down below, telling me what you think based on your years of experience. And I know that as at the time of this recording and time of this publishing, there won't be a lot of people watching it. I think this will be a very useful record to have years, decades later on in the road. So that said, if I miss anything, one raw take, I'll tag something extra on at the end. So let's get started. All right. So growing up, I was always told that I needed to come out of my shell when my teacher was there in high school and probably before that. I was always the quiet kid and this didn't change even after I finished college. I remember my year-end review at the accounting firm I worked in for a year. The CEO of the company told me that I was the person that, again, needed to come out of my shell. which. I had mixed feelings on these assessments from other people. My perspective is when you have many people telling you the same thing, odds are they know something that you don't. And you know what? Now, in retrospect, they're right. I did need to come out of my shell. Albert Einstein once said, "Insanity doing the same thing over and over again. Expect different results." So, if someone were, were to want to have a high contrast life with learning different things, gaining different perspectives to have a life that is fulfilling. Being the same old you is just not going to cut it for me. Being the person that always likes to keep to himself for decades, that I just won't do for reaching the goals that I want to reach. So at that point, but I realize now in retrospect that I needed to come out of my cocoon and be the butterfly I was always meant to be. And Thailand, when I was an English teacher there, as well as, well as the other things I did in Thailand, which is for another topic, but teaching English, teaching English as a foreign language, stands for TEFL, specifically. That is. My first step towards me experiencing different perspectives it is where I earned my wings. And here's why you should do the same if you're a young person, right? So, first thing that you really cultivate as an English teacher in Thailand, obviously, is public speaking. You know, I remember when I was in college, I was never a good public speaker. I remember my college communication class where you had to stand up and talk in front of your peers, about 20 of them. And there's actually a couple of YouTube videos of them. They, I look back at them and I didn't look very good. Of course, you have to start somewhere. Now, I was looking at those videos, they didn't look good, but as an English teacher, you really don't have a choice but to be a, well, be at least a very proficient 
speaker. You are put in front of a classroom, standing in front of a classroom, and you're expected to speak in front of other people. And the beauty is when you are, you get over that mental hurdle of something you're afraid of. Public speaking being one of them, it is likely one of the most unfounded fears that we have in our society as you can't really get hurt by speaking in front of other people. Life's not in danger. The beauty is when you're pushed to overcome that mental hurdle, you find that there's nothing there. Or if you're like me, you were pushed out of the airplane but with a parachute and told to figure it out. That happens to you proverbially. You have no choice but to adapt. And when you go at it for a long enough time span, for each person it's different, eventually you become at least very decent at it. So that's sort of what happened to me. I wasn't a very good speaker. I was forced to do it and I become, I became a lot better at it, especially since when I first started in the beginning. So public speaking is the first one, and related public speaking is learning how to talk to other people in social situations. Most people in the world, English is not their first language. They speak it perhaps as a second language or perhaps not at all. Besides the case, when you're a teacher in Thailand, you're probably teaching but people that they don't have English as their first language. As such, you have to be creative, use your initiative to find a way to get your point across and find a way where you can speak, publicly speak to other people so that your words are understood by the other party. Part of that is learning how to speak slowly and effectively. You think of people that speak English as a non-native language. They don't process things as fast as someone that speaks English as a native language. I believe there's a quote that says, when you speak to a man in his second language, you speak to his brain. When you speak to a man in his first language, you speak to his heart. Well, with many people that don't speak English as a first language, you'll be speaking to their brain and there's going to be a rewiring process within their head to take the words that are coming out of your mouth, take them in, convert them into their own language so that they understand. Oftentimes it requires different techniques. Like I previously said, you need to speak slowly and effectively, which is what I'm trying to do right now. I speak fairly slowly. Besides, I use other techniques such as maybe a form of pidgin English. Pidgin means a very simplified form of the language, perhaps without the grammar, just the main words so that you can get your point across. Other techniques as well, perhaps blending in a bit of the local language, if you have picked up some, for example, picked up some Thai along the way, blend it all together so that other people know what you're saying. So, all that said, big picture is you learn as an English teacher in Thailand how to talk to billions of new people in a more effective manner. You gain proficiency in doing it. Right, next point besides learning how to speak is you, as an English teacher, you experience different realities. You talk to all these different people, 
learn about your lives, maybe you learn about the lives of your students and how they live in their home country when you're the foreigner there, or talking to these different people you meet around the world in a foreign country, that serves a topic of its own. The different perspective I'm going to refer to in this video is the perspective you gain from your teachers or the teachers you've had in your life. Right, so most of us, we've been school K through 12, kindergarten through to 12th grade, 18, 13 years, excuse me, 13 years, and many of us have went to college as well. All that time we've had teachers standing in front of the classroom instructing us. It's what practically everyone grew up with. And when you're the teacher yourself now, and all your teachers are gone, you experience a different perspective, different reality, different angle in things. You're on the other side of the court now. You gain a, your teacher's perspective, the perspective of all these countless of people that have been a part of your life, all the teachers that have been part of your life. You learn a bit more about them, all their triumphs, difficulties, what they found easy, what they found hard. From the parent-teacher conferences, which I took part of, to managing a classroom and keep them on task when it's just you and you're outnumbered by your students. It's just you and you're in charge of making sure everyone is doing what they're supposed to. You know, all these different things, you gain a newfound sense of appreciation and expand your horizon in how you see the world. Especially when you're dealing with teens. When you're dealing with teenagers, oftentimes requires a lot more management. And that's another key point I want to make. When you're an English teacher in Thailand, teaching English as a foreign language in Thailand, you want to be teaching teenagers. Here's why. But first, you take with kids, small children. Well, all these small children, they are, take, small children tend to be irrational. They cry, they scream. You know, they make a mess of themselves. They're too different from the adults that we'll be dealing with later in life, adults we'll be interacting with once we have finished this leg of the journey. And on the other side of the spectrum, we have adults. When I teach adults, well, from my own undergraduate experience, adults, say, starting from 18, they tend to know how to take care of themselves, as in they know how to manage themselves inside the classroom. Not going to misbehave, you know, throw proper pieces of papers at one another, or directly challenge the authority of the instructor. They're not going to do that. They're going to keep things all well orderly and behaved, even if they don't want to, inside the classroom. But teenagers, right in the middle, well, teenagers, 13, 14, 15, that's when they begin Think of them like toddlers. Think of teenagers as toddlers. That's when they begin developing their sense of agency and their own sense of self. And just like a toddler, when a toddler first learns how to run, teenager, when they first develop that sense of self, they want to utilize it to the furthest extent. So they'll be running around like a toddler, proverbially, using all this newfound perspective that they've just gained. And all of the limitations placed on adult society that keeps us killing each other, keeps us nice and pleasant when we're working with each other in close proximity, 
those limitations in a teenager, they are a lot more limited. Their prefrontal cortex is not as developed. And as such, if you have a anecdotal screaming toddler running around your classroom, it's up to you to be in charge and take control of the situation and manage it effectively, keep everyone on task. And later on in life, when you have someone else, other people, adults that show flashes of that toddler, well, with that experience you've had handling teenagers, you can take that and apply it to these new situations for decades. So that's why you want to be working with teenagers. And a few arguments you may encounter against this. Now, some people might say, you're working with kids and teenagers. That doesn't really apply to adult life, especially since they're in a foreign language, I mean, a foreign country, excuse me. Well, people don't change. The culture, language, the fashion, Times change, but people don't change. Here's something to reinforce that. You take all your psychology and sociology classes. Are they made specifically for East Asians only and something different for the West? Two separate courses, completely different. No, of course not. We're all people. Across time, across cultures. When you boil everything down, we're all the same. Another argument you may encounter is, why be a English teacher right now when you're young? Why not do it later on in life? Think of it this way. Take all your, take any career you can think of. Say, I'll give you a couple. Doctor, lawyer, police officer. Where do you all start out as? As a doctor, you start as a resident doctor after many years of schooling. As a lawyer, start as an intern. As a police officer, after finishing academy, I believe, you start off as a junior officer. Something you got, like, you don't start out as a lieutenant or a sergeant. So, what all these have in common is, you all start at the bottom. You're the same as everyone else, and you're on the same trajectory. And true greatness comes from being willing to do something few are. That's a key point I want to emphasize. True greatness comes from doing what others are not willing to do, very few are willing to do. So that's where teaching English in Thailand, that comes into play. Take that. As an English teacher, you are immediately placed inside the classroom and you're expected to lead that group of people, whether you're ready or not. Don't really have much of a choice when you're standing in front of the classroom with a bunch of teenagers staring at you, expecting you to tell them what to do. Oftentimes, unwillingly. You begin building those leadership skills at an early age, at a point where other people are not because they don't have, they're not in the position to, not as a doctor or a lawyer. You are the top dog immediately once you come into the position. The way for that is you become the big fish in a small pond. And when you, later on in life, move on to a bigger pond, this small pond that you've learned how to manage as a big fish, it can be applied to later on in life. And others might
might say, you know, why not just be a teacher in your home country, such as in the United States? You can. The problem comes when you have many more restrictions placed upon you when you are teaching in your home country. There are a lot of laws and statutes, especially in a developed country, which you likely are from if you are a native English speaker. All these laws and statutes that restrict your ability to experiment with different techniques you can use, different social techniques you can use in the classroom, which can apply later in life. And that's restricted. And another point, when you are experimenting and you use a, use a technique and you tow the line so far that it breaks, you bent it and it broke. Well, the people that you have perhaps inadvertently antagonized because of your non-traditional techniques, if you're in a foreign country and you don't plan on staying there long term, you can't distance yourself from those people so that you don't have those enemies you, you didn't mean to make, you were just trying. You can distance yourself from those people you antagonized and you can take those lessons with you. It's, oh, I can't do this or else I'll get people mad and people don't change. If you do X, perhaps you get them mad. Of course, no one can tell you, give you a list of everything you can't and can do, yet a lot of it is like riding a bike, you figure it out yourself. And that's one of the things, learning how to deal with people. It's like riding a bike, you have to figure it out yourself. And as a teacher in a foreign country, you get to experiment with all these different techniques which allow you to allows you to see what works and what doesn't. And take that and apply it later on in life. And I think that's all the points. And with any job, you can make as much of it or as little of it as you want. All these points we listed, mainly you learn how to public speak, learn how to manage people, those are the main two points. You can make as much of it or as little of it in any job as possible. You can work towards hitting those points as well as any other points you may have thought of while you're going through this process of becoming a teacher. You can work towards hitting them and additionally you can work on emotionally investing in your students, learning more about their lives a little bit and showing that you care for them. See if you're the parental type. You do all this and you learn more about yourself. Again, it's up to you to make as much of it or as little of it as possible. That's that's on you. Key point is so once you how do you say this? You become the, once you become the teacher, that's when you learn all these, you begin learning a new skill set when you're young, which can be applied for decades after you've finished your time as a teacher. And when you're doing, it, doing this young, you'll be light years ahead of all your peers that went on the same trajectory as everyone else. Because you have the courage to do something different. You have the courage to enact change. It may not mean much now when you perhaps say you do it for a year, you teach one year as a teacher. For us, it doesn't mean much after that year, immediately after. But later on, when you encounter new people, 
and these groups of people that you encounter, all these different people you meet, well, people you manage in a classroom, say 12, 15 people, they're a microcosm of society. You'll always have a random group of people, random group of students, for this example, you'll have your cool kids, you'll have the predator, which we'll talk about later. Cool kids, the predator, you have your brainiacs, your nerds, etc. That applies to any group of people you will encounter later on in life. Like some bowling for soup, high school never ends. When you learn how to deal with that small group of people in a controlled setting, with teenagers where their emotions and their behaviors are more pronounced and less subtle than an adult, decades down the road, you know how to handle it because you've already had experience with it at a young age that other people don't, which puts you ahead of others. And it didn't mean much when you finished that year, but with all the people you're bound to meet in the decades of life, you still have remaining on you. It's going to be helpful. And I'm going to leave it at that. This is the longest video ever done. Right now, at the time of this recording, likely again, not many people are watching it. This is July 2nd, 2020. The day I'm recording this. Not many people are watching this, but perhaps years, decades down the road, when more people are watching it. Let me know what you think. Older folks, let me know what you think about what I've just said, using your knowledge. What do you think? And younger people, are you willing to do what I've said? Be, go to a foreign country, to a vastly foreign country, and learn more about yourself and how to manage people. This is something you're willing to do. And yeah, I think I hit everything. So I will, this is Kingston. I will catch you in the next one.